This is a Podfire production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat. The second beer you're starting to enjoy it, you kick back. Getting a bit more relaxed. But it's the third beard, Brett. That is. It's the third beard that we hit that vibe. A certain mellowness comes over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place, and you've hit that spot that's just right. And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon, and we'd like to talk about the third beer. G'day buddy, how are you? I'm well, travelling alright, how you doing? Mate, we're on like a video thing today. Hey, this is our first video third beer, how exciting is that? Well, you know, I've always had a face for radio. I have, this is going to be really interesting. At least the bushy beard's coming back though, brother. It's starting to come through, yeah, Yeah, the winter growth's happening. Big uh, big fan of that bushy beard, you know that. Yeah, I know, you love it. How's uh, the past couple of weeks been, bud? Yeah, well, it's been a good week since our, our last podcast, you know. Wow, it goes quick, doesn't it? It does, mate, flies. So, uh, you know, strange times. I think there's lots of stuff going on out in the cosmos. A lot of people are straining under the pressure. This new outbreak in Melbourne seems to just be tinkering around with people's fears. It's it's fascinating time, especially it in my It is fascinating. Game. And the other thing that I find really fascinating is all the conspiracy theories and all that shit going around yeah, as talk, well. We've talked about that. Yeah. Mate, but the scamdemic, as I got told it was called this week, which was really interesting, it was someone else's viewpoint. But then also the fact that there's one pub in Sydney that has like, oh, it's changed the world, but no one's actually got sick. <laughs> no, I just find that really interesting. Anyway, I've got a really fun guest today. Very good friend of mine, Julian. You do. Yeah. I've known him for oh, a long time, probably <laughs> probably nearly 10 years now. And uh, Jules and I go back to a quiet evening in a pub. We met over a candlelit dinner. No, we didn't. We actually met watching the rugby and George Gregan was on the wing and I forgot his name, so I called him George and ever since then he's been George. So uh, Julian, a.k.a. George, he was even in my phone as George. And, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we went through a very good friend of ours who you've met before, Greg Probilski, and, um, mate, it's one of those things, one of those blokes that's just sort of been consistent and constant in my life and I class him as a very good friend and family. And um, welcome, buddy. How are you? Oh, great. Great to be intro? here. Yes, I love that intro. That was really. pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, you have to record that. Well, remember pretty, that. Well, pretty good for I'm pretty happy with myself. <laughs> okay, Julian, how are you, mate? How are you, Chris? Nice to meet you. Mate, where do you sit on this conspiracy theory? Because I, 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 I want to get, I want to get my views oh, out. Here we go. Hang Brett, on, hang Brett, on. Brett started, and he's kind of drawing us all into this hang view. On. We I, haven't opened the beer. Well, I, I'm, I'm just. Do you want to do this pre beer? I want to do this pre beer. Changing the rules. I'm only here because of the beer. Oh, fair enough. Okay, where do you sit? Come on. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people who know more than they're actually letting on. Oh, um, And also, you know, being originally from the UK, um, I think there's a lot of Aussies that she'll be right, mate. They've taken it too far. Where they haven't taken it as seriously oh, as it lots should Lots of questions been taken. to digest there. <laughs> Who's they? Um, 
people who haven't actually taken the precaution and... No, no, you said there's things that they know. Well, I'd have to agree. I mean, I I walk a different line (laughs) in my game and we've been very clear and careful because of the organisations that I work for and both of you guys shook my hand today. To not offend you guys, I went through the process, but I'm sitting here now hoping that at some point <laughs> there you? will be some clear sterilising of my hand. Hang I'm going to be very, close to that. very oh, con- gone. conscious of not putting my hand near my mouth this whole session. You are really? I will be. Are you that scared? I, not scared. I just think there's appropriate <laughs> precautions that, 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 that if followed, uh, you know, prevent, you know. Drama's happening. We've just had 250,000 people cross the border. And we're what's prob- that done, though? We're probably likely to see some type of spike sooner or later because of it. A spike? Mm. What's a spike mean, though? It means the, uh, the uh, community transmission of the virus will once again take hold in Queensland. Mm. Probably, you know. Let it be known, I did use sanitizer before this meeting. <laughs> That's great. We should have I didn't. we should have sanitizer in the room. Do you know I've yeah. just sent a message to the girls. Could you please bring in some sanitizer before we open the beer? But there you go. So I'm happy to talk about conspiracy, but I'm also conscious that there's steps we can take to minimize risk. And this is Chloe, and welcome. Thank you very much for bringing in the hand sanitizer. That should make Chris a much happier man. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks, Chloe. You're a legend. There you go. So look at that. We have that before we crack open the beers. Is it scented? Of course it's for you, mate. <laughs> it has the sweet smell of, uh, oh, there you go. You can read that instead of the beer. What's oh, that say to us? Well, I was, you know, I am breaking ranks on so many levels today. But you there are. you go. I'll, uh, I'll polish up. But you were asking the question about... Uh, Who's they? You, they? you said, you said... <laughs> that and just to be clear to the punters out there, <laughs> we've all sanitised. We have okay. just sanitised. Now you've made me feel dirty. <laughs> It's like a it's like a dirty feeling that I don't actually think I really wanted to have. But anyway, we're not drinking the hand sanitizer, which is probably a good start. Well, let's start with the beers. Okay, we're, let's do we that. We're back to my favourite, buddy. Back to I know that you're on a bit of a dry July issue, um, or sorry for charity, and it does you very good. So I've gone with a no carb, big head. Nice. Love it from nice. Burley Brewing Co. And as per last week, can you pass me that little black thing there, please? Well, you know, Cheers. I think maybe That's you should read, read the hand sanitizer as well because oh, that that, that uh, product placement we've been looking for, you know, yeah, we be might a... be moving from the third beer to the third hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> <Aquim> Ultra, <laughs> antibacterial hand sanitizer. It's ultra hydrating yeah. and rich with four moisturizers. No rinse, no fuss. <laughs> 50% more moisturising. <laughs> it kills 99.99% of germs fast. Hospital strength formula made in Australia. Packaged in China. Used in India. No, sorry, I made that bit up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. But I'm not going to drink that. I'm going to open the beer. And now we've still got the kachunka as opposed to the beer opener. So let me see what I can do here. I still don't know how I feel about this one. Oh, look at yeah, that. Yeah, it's a bit piss poor, actually, isn't it, really? You can try the Kachunka. I'm going to go old school. Old uh, hang school, on, yeah. Chris has got the old school. Oh, Kachunka doesn't work. Here we go. Oh. Oh, it's so much better, isn't oh. it? Such a better noise if you had it done it the first time. Sorry. Cheers, cra- brother. Cracked under the pressure. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. Oh, oh reach cross. Cheers. Bingo. Here we are. So uh, so who have you got along for us today, mate? Give us give us a back down. Back, back story. What's mate, going on? The back story, as I sort of touched on earlier, is that uh, I met Jules through an old mate uh, at a rugby watching event at a pub 
And since then, he's one of those guys that's actually a really good singer, which is not that surprising really when you start to hear his dulcet tones. But we end up going into business together. We were the startup club, which is pre-Shark Tank, where people used to come and pitch to us every week and we gave him ideas and concepts. He's actually one of the best salesmen I've ever met. He goes out there and he can sell shit to a shampoo salesman. Actually, he could probably sell shampoo to both you bald gentlemen. But at the same time, well, I, he, I, um, did, I did shake his hand. He did. You did. I could have said no, but he. he but you did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and just a really all round good bloke. I'm not going to say much more. But there's a couple of things that's happened to Jules in the last sort of 12 months that's changed the course of his life. And uh, as we do on on this podcast, we talk about shit blokes don't talk about and. Jules is, uh, and my heart goes out to him because there's been a lot of grief in his family in the last sort of 12 months. And um, being in Australia when, uh, and we'll go into this a bit more later, but when his parents passed away and he couldn't actually go back to see his mum uh, during, during COVID and that's one of those things which is just fucked up really. And um, at the same time is we're all here for him and we're supporting him as much as we possibly can. He's now moved into my office. Not literally into my office, but in my <laughs> offices where he's working out of and he's giving us a hand on the sales front. So that's Jules in a nutshell. Welcome, yeah. Jules. Thank you. Mate, and what um what this is your first third beer. I know. Are you excited? I'm looking forward to the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we only have one because of George oh, okay. here, but there is some sanitizer on the table. There's ninety nine percent alcohol. Aquarium antibacterial <laughs> hand sanitizer. Okay, we're going back there. Well, who's they? You said, when we were talking about this, you said they know something more than what they're telling us. Who's they? The people that actually don't say anything at all. Who's that? And drip feed. I'd say politicians, um, people with very big pockets, um, people that have some control. So is it Bill Gates' fault? Mm. He's got the biggest pockets. Well, what, uh, What's that conspiracy? No, our... The guy that we like, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's just his latest podcast. Yeah, he had some guy on, and the way and he's a, a you know a, some type of biochemical biologist type of fella. Anyway, he, he's saying it looks like it could be a leak. The a way leak. the way the virus is acting, it could have been a you know a human produced virus. What's that mean? What do you mean leak? Well, there's lots of conspiracies about there about how the virus originally presented in China and it's it's seeming that, according to this theory, the way the virus is operating in community spread, that it could be a, you know, a human-produced entity from a quarantine... From a factory. From a factory. Or yeah. a, 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 not well, a factory, a labor- laboratory. Laboratory. Is that how you say that? Yeah. La- laboratory. What about that movie that came out a couple of years... Was it two years ago? Where it was... Is that the Chinese movie? The one going all exactly wearing masks and safe distancing and it sort of came back where people are actually watching it again. Oh, that's interesting. See, I watched The Big Short the other week. Love it. What a great movie. Watch it now. If you look at it now and you look about and think about what's happening today, that's in three months' time. Markets, housing, markets going to drop. Uh, There's going to be no job. Is this why the market's so high at the moment? Oh, 100%. Yeah, because everyone's pumped and they go, whoa, nothing's going to happen. We're all rich. So it's an artificially constructed inflation. It has to be. It has to be. And if you look at that. We've said this before. Yeah, but you you watch that show, The Big Short, right? And it's all about that guy sitting there and the artificial thing just kept going and everyone's hating on him, hating on him. And he was about to go broke and then all of a sudden it actually happened. 
I had a conversation to a bloke the other day and he goes, there's no way in the world the government will let the property market fall out of this, on this in this country. And I just said, watch the big short champ. That's what everyone well, said. I work in a building with Metricon and I was talking to the C- CEO the other day and their business was struggling and they've gone through the roof. Isn't that interesting? So over the last month they've said business has never been this good. This is with all the government grants and funding. So, I mean, that has to come to an end at some point. It does. And I think that's what it is. I think that's the artificial part. Are they holding out for this vaccine? You know, vaccine that there will never be a vaccine. Oh, what do you mean? Where, where's the vaccine for SARS, Spanish flu, chook flu? There is none. Never been one. Oh, it did. It did. There hasn't, there's not one for AIDS. There, no. there, 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 there is. But if you look at it, there was there was a thing on the news the other night, and I hate the news anyway. But they were they were sitting there and they said uh, first humans in the world to get the new anti um, COVID vaccination. First human trials. Three blokes got done, and next week another ten, another hundred, and in one year's time we'll see whether they're dead. <laughs> Pretty much is the way it went. <laughs> but they can't in one year's time. Like they're going to see what happens. So they said we won't be able to start mass producing this for at least a year. And this, no, no, and that. It's this time next year at the very earliest. There's seven hundred and sixty-eight globally of people doing the exact, or like laboratories doing the exact different same styles, thing. different yeah. approaches, which but is great, mate. Awesome. I think we could go down this rabbit hole all, all day, but I really want to understand who Julian is and what oh, feeds into his exciting. assumptions and his story about these topics. Tell us your story. Where Charles. are you from, mate? How did you get here? What's going on? <laughs> well, one of the, a long time ago, I swore that I'd never go to Australia. I said because it's too far, and I come from a very close family. So I was even going out. I was dating an Australian who worked at Aussie House and we separated because I said, look, you won't catch me in Australia. Then in 1995, I was working as a salesman for a company in central London and one of the managers from Australia walked in with his sister. Um, she looked up. I was on stage singing because they had a little band there. Well, what song? She were. <laughs> what song was it? Um, oh well, Unchained Melody is what I sang at the wedding. Um, you oh, sang Michael Jackson wedding. song. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Everyone left. No, <laughs> <laughs> just disappointed every other man in yeah. the world. But that's okay. You sing at your wedding. Mm. I wanted to sing the national anthem. She wouldn't let me. Oh Jesus! Um, but anyway, so what happened was his sister um, became my wife. So Donna was backpacking, and oh, she looked the, up. The boss from Australia. Sorry, I think. Yeah, the manager from that one. Yeah, well, the manager so, from Australia. Are you, are you trying sister. to tell me right? Because like, this is a topic that I like. So. <laughs> Brett's got some weird ass things he wants to talk about today. But actually, what I'd like to talk about is you're telling me you fell in love. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Looked looked in her eye, stepped in, and bingo, that was it. You knew. Yep. Wow. Um, The strange thing about it was that I was seeing someone, I've got a kid with her. Um, she's now 26. Well, that's a but little more than seeing, isn't it? I was, <laughs> well, I was with, I was with, I was with. Hang on. No, listen, I was I've not with Donna. With her. No, oh, no, I was with. <laughs> we're having a very, no, no, I passed no, someone I was in a, a relationship. <laughs> As opposed to yeah, yeah, the yeah, mother yeah, of my yeah, other yeah, daughter. Yeah, well. <laughs> some chick I had a kid with. No, because things changed a lot. Well, put it this way. I met Donna who actually appreciated me for me the person I had this child with 
um, always assumed I was doing wrong and I wasn't because I used to tell her all about the drinks at work and who this was seeing and that one was seeing and she assumed that I was doing the same and I wasn't. And, you know, that old story that if you keep calling someone a pig, they'll become that pig. So I was accused of having an affair, so I had an affair and the person I had an affair with... Just to say you were right. Mar- yeah, is who is I am married to and we've been together since then. Coincidences? Hmm. I always say everything happens for a reason. Yeah, okay. So how old was said child? Um, when I left, she was four. Four. Hmm. And you still have contact with her now? Yeah, yeah. I went to a wedding in 2018. Okay. Did you? How long was the non-contact? Oh no, there was always there was always some sort of contact. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, always. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've met Donna and I've met Donna, a lovely, lovely lady. He's batting way above his weight. <laughs> but um, at the same, so you've met I Donna. We've got a camera now. People can see that he's a very attractive man. Mate. He is a very attractive <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Who can sing at you his own wedding? You just can't claim you're the most attractive man <laughs> I know. anymore. Don't you people can see the <laughs> truth. Don't hate yeah. that? <laughs> well, I, I, I never went down that path, but you have many times. Go through the records, people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, so you and Donna met, yep. fell in love straight mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Where, Do you believe where, in that? Do you where, believe in instant where love? About, whereabouts is whereabouts are you from? Where where, where, is it, where did this happen? You're just ignoring my question. No, 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 I want to get back. To, I mean, that's what the, the topic seems to be moving towards. But do you do you agree in instant love? I think love has is it a real thing. Many forms, many shapes. Yeah, I think there's slow burn love. There's instant love. There's oh. everything in between. Well, you've said that you, the same thing happened to 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I'm on my 24th wedding anniversary two days ago. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. We've been here 29 years this year. Mm. And I still look this good. No. <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, – but, yeah, like I still bat way above my weight. Like she's gorgeous and uh, she has put up with my shit. So it's um, – no, I, I bet, yeah, day I met her, 100%. She was only 17, 16 or 17. Yep, she's the one. Go I think it's that. when you when you find that you don't have to try. And oh, I had to try really hard. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean together. I mean hello. <laughs> oh yeah, good. Yeah. Cool. So um, the video. <laughs> um, it was a case of having someone that could be honest, honest with me, and she liked me for me. You know, Donna never tried to change me, so she would tell me if I was did good, and she was telling me if I was. Doing wrong, Aussie birds, mate. Well, just saying. yeah, but you're just saying that she was actually brought up in oh, here we go. New Zealand. Oh, okay, then. So, yeah, so when she was 18 months old, her family moved from Melbourne to a little place called Fakatani. Oh, Say that three times fast, please. Fakatani, Fakatani, Fakatani. That's clever. <laughs> <laughs> That's that dulcet tone, right? So you can get away with that. <laughs> so you met you met Dons, and then uh, how long till you'd left? Well, let's strip it back even further. I want to get into that story, but let, let's take it back to where did you come from? Who, how did you get to that point? How did you get to the point of where were you born? Yeah, where were you? Oh, I was born in Queen Charlotte's Hospital, Hammersmith, in 1960 in England. I in England, yeah. yep. Okay. Grew up. Did you hear that? Dad? 1960. Looks all right, doesn't he? Jesus Christ, he's doing all right, isn't he? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so born in Hammersmith, lived in London, 
most of my life. And Mum, dad, brothers, sisters? Yeah, I've got... Well, um, dad passed away in 2018 and I'm mum sorry. passed away last month. Holy dooly. Um, got two... Well, <laughs> I've got three brothers and a sister and then I've got a stepbrother and a stepsister. But um, they're all in the UK. How's that? How's that work? Who's the, who are they step from? Dad. From dad. Yeah. Before, during, or after? Yeah. All, all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And do you do you in contact with steps? Yeah. Yep. So are they family? Yeah. Or are they step family? No, no, no. They are. We there's I suppose one sister that we don't really. She turned up at the funeral, but see you later. Um, who we never heard of. But there's a stepbrother who is very close to us in London. And so. he was born during. Oh, okay. Mm. And did mum take him in as a...? Uh, that's the thing. Mum mum's so strong. Mum is someone who she just cared about her kids from the day she could work, she never stopped. She never stopped looking after people. She, if you had no money, she'd borrow the money to give to you. She's, she was just, she's just amazing, you know. And, and sorry, what's your heritage? What's your mum's heritage? Uh, Saint Lucia, Saint Lucia and in West Indies. Okay, yep. So mum and dad. Yeah, both from the same. Yeah, both dads from Castries, which is the capital. He was a policeman. Yeah. And. <laughs> oh, they were born there, were they? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you were born in the UK. So yeah. they moved. When did they move to the UK? Uh, 58. And was that just to give a better life to the kids or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Two years later. Go, you know, take your children to, you know, have your kids in England because, you know, get them to be a doctor or a teacher. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was really, they're really happy with Julian. What do you mean you want to sing? <laughs> <laughs> but I can sing and dance, Mum. <laughs> That's interesting, though, because so are you the oldest? Yeah. So then they come and they end up having all these children in England because it was advertised for them to come and have children in England. Well, they had me and then seven years later then they had bang, bang, bang. Then they had my... Brother, my sister, my brother. And then how old step? And then one dad, in the middle. Step one in the middle. He's let's see. 50, so is he within that seventeen? Within that seven years? Fifty-three. Yeah. And they go down. Well, it's an amazing story of forgiveness and recovery, isn't it? It's it is really. Mm. And mum, so we sounds like your mum was an amazing. Woman. Yeah, and you can see where you oh, get yeah. it from. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, she. It's weird. Mum would just turn around and say it how it is, you know, but she was just a heart of gold. Everyone, well, when the coffin turned up at mum's place, um, they live along like a, a river, dad. like a canal. No, no, because dad had already gone. Yeah. But when mum's coffin turned up, when they came out of the house, everybody in the street was all lined up. Outside it was peeing down with rain, 
but everyone was saying it was just incredible. And they so put were they a in bench the same house the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from when you were little. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, it's because awesome, I'm pretty mu- pretty sure that ain't gonna fucking happen for me. But I love hearing <laughs> stories about people who who are so giving and goodwilled and loved that people just show up. My grandmother was like that. We're grandkids. We go into the funeral. We think there's gonna be some close family. She's eighty. You know how many other brothers and sisters. Like there's a hundred people there, people I didn't know, and yeah. all these people yeah. felt this connection with this woman. And I'm thinking, wow, I barely knew who you were. It's just, it's just an amazing. It's people that have that amount of love. Do you ever worry that no one's going to turn up to your funeral? No, I don't give a shit. Do you? I'll be there. At his funeral, <laughs> to mine, and just meet him. <laughs> I'll be there to mine. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> no, but seriously, is that something that ever goes through your head? Would you ever? Because I don't give a shit. Like I'm, just, I'm a, as you say, I'm going to be there. <laughs> but uh, like my missus is a hundred percent against having a funeral. She doesn't want it. No, don't want a funeral. Just burn me, put me out in the ocean. Don't tell, like, don't tell anyone. Just get on with it. Dad said, put him in a black bag and leave him outside for the rubbish man. <laughs> he said, don't waste money. <laughs> no, but the thing is, really interesting. Whereas I want people to. <laughs> Your dad sounds a little bit like yeah. my dad, actually. <laughs> and he was always every time he goes into a church, he's worried he's going to get struck by. Yeah, that was like me. <laughs> oh, he went from someone who never went to church to when I went. You know, it's ironic. Back, about, yep. Oh, no, when I went back, Dad was um, all of a sudden that, you know, he was helping out of the church and... He was born again. Yeah. Wow, you got to do some penance. My dad's hit the same point. Of has he really? Oh, oh, went in. Yes, yeah. Has he really? What, he's, he's going to church he's now? He's found the church. Yeah. He's helping people. All these homeless people were coming up at the funeral. It's all never too late. It's never too late. Helping because oh, Dad say was... It. Say it. Say it. Yeah. What's the word? How many? Define what? Define exactly. Uh, like, but, but the say thing, it. I find it interesting. Say it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I just say find it. it interesting. Say it now. After all this time, we fucking got to come up with yeah, a 40 yeah. minute yeah. <laughs> But anyway, no, but the thing I find really interesting is because my old man was like, <laughs> whatever, right? Didn't give a shit about church or nothing. He was exactly the same. He went to church three times. He borrowed my uncle's suit who died to wear to his, his funeral. And uh, it was that sort of thing from church. And I've always been the same. And I just find it interesting that later in life all these older people, like you're saying, like your dads, are finding or found church. How do you find it? <laughs> Seriously, are you rocking down the street? Like, I'm a really big giver and I love helping people, mate. I'd give my lunch to a homeless person. Like, it's, it's mm. uh, that sort of thing to me, well, for is, me is different. A lot of people, it's just the big short. And what do you mean? It's a great, it's a great hedge of the bed, isn't it? Is it, though? <laughs> Do you reckon yeah, it is? His his father's had a you know had a fairly good time. My dad was one of Do those dads. Do you reckon it is? They're just and, and you have to. And wow. Well, you get to a point where maybe they've had a bit of spirit, a bit of love. They obviously meet good women that are obviously you know later in life. A lot of love. My yeah. my father, you know, my 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 mum's a wonderful person. My his mother was a beautiful, beautiful person. But they kind of move away from the church, and later in life they come back and go, okay, well maybe I've got to make some peace with the big fella. So when you were a kid, was he? Did he go to church with us? No, no. He was anti-church, <laughs> and I was a kind of, you know, philosophical, spiritual kid. So yeah. I, I would have loved that kind of feel and that vibe. But he'd send me and my sister to church. He wouldn't go. He wouldn't go with you. No. But he'd send us to Catholic schools. Yeah. But he'd always make that. The joke. irony of that. Frightened, I might get struck by lightning if I go in there. Yeah, I went to church and. Mum used to say, okay, she'd open her purse up and give us all some money for the collection box. Oh, no. And then we'd go, <laughs> well, one day we come unstuck. <laughs> yeah. Because we got the collection money and they said, come on, 
went into the lolly shop, yeah, sweet shop as we call it. <laughs> the lolly shop, and, Brett. You know, <laughs> oh. Went in there, bought everyone some stuff, and then walking towards the church, closed. <laughs> oh, the church was closed. <laughs> so I'm thinking, now I've got to go back home. And <laughs> I can't carry this gonna, change Mum's going to want me. her collection money back. Because <laughs> <laughs> the church was shut. Sorry, Mum, I hate yeah. <laughs> but no, I find that really interesting that they're hedging their bets. I've never thought of it that way. It's like, fuck, I did really bad. <laughs> I've done this. Oh, Actually, oh, Jesus can save me. Good Catholics know that. Just a little bit well, of repentance can move on. He through. never came to oh, my sorry. communion. Um, Is that where they put the bread on your tongue? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. I say your Catholic background. Yeah. yeah. And he's C of E. He's Church of England. Oh, I'm a Church of England. Oh, yeah? Oh, well, I uh, think so. No, I, was, I, was, I, so. I was christened in the Church of England. Uh, okay. I think so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all this occurs, mm-hmm. you're in a relationship, you've got a child, in walks this backpacker, you look her in the eye, bang, from balls to bone you knew. From balls to bone. I think it's the best saying. I've That's heard. one of the best. I'm there. I'm going to clock. I'm going to use it. Oh, Is that you. good? It confused I'll people. Thank you to uh, Chris. <laughs> You're going to have to quote the Matrix. That's what it's no. from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quote The you. Oracle says to Neil, it's the balls to bone. Either you know or you don't. It's like love. And so, and I just thought, wow, that is a powerful statement because when it's balls to bone, Have you, you been waiting know. like two and a half years of this <laughs> podcast to actually use that? No. You no. just thought of it. You just came to the surface. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so oh, you knew that's... balls to bone and uh, what happened then? Uh, then came the time that she had, the visa had run out and she had to come go back to Australia. Oh, your heart's breaking right now. Oh, I've, I left have you, moved, have you moved out from the yeah, mother yeah, of yeah. said child? Yeah. But um, sorry, give it. No, we, we can't. We can't we just, can't just over these things. This we, is the third game, brother. Body hop that. <laughs> okay. So you saw her, you knew it. What happened next? Okay. So <laughs> you had the affair, obviously. No, one classic. Wow, there's a lead up to the affair. Oh, sorry, Let's not rush this. It's gone. <laughs> one classic. Play this out. Do a foreplay. <laughs> Touch hands. <laughs> Give me a kiss yeah. first. That's a sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, let's lube up. Moving on. One classic was we were at a company drink and then my now brother-in-law, but I was off my face, totally pissed, and I said, look, do me a favour, can you ring Tracy and tell her that I'm not coming out of um, Charlotte's one, my You ex. told your yeah. current partner to ring your no, current partner's brother. Brother. Oh. Because he was the manager. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right, so I said... He was the boss. Can you ring and He's just let He's her know that I'm, yeah, that I'm pissed and I can't, I won't be going on my stay. Did Kevin's. you say that in front of his sister? Yeah. Oh, okay, so really this is all happening yeah. right now. So, so you've broken down. How are you doing? <laughs> no, there was none of that. So he rings her up. It's exactly that. <laughs> no, I can't no, go home no. tonight. I can't. Tell my wife I won't because, uh, yeah, I might have another drink. Because I'm too pissed to get I'm in the cab or get on a yeah. train. So yeah. I'm going to come yeah. home with you. I'm going to sing. No, no, no. I stayed there. Sing What song did you sing? I stayed there. So how's this? Wayne rings Tracy, she answers the phone, he said, hi, Julian's had enough, he's not coming home. Click. <laughs> oh. But he meant al- it was alcohol he was talking yeah. about. And it's like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? But um, Holy shit. So 
anyway, just it's Freudian slip. Because this would have been pre-mobile phones. Okay, from yeah. that point, that point right there, when did you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, when thirty-two minutes later. <laughs> when? Sorry. Okay, you oh, know the old father would scoff at that. He oh. would have said fifteen. <laughs> yeah, twice. <laughs> no, the old-fashioned lipstick on the collar. What? My ex saw lipstick on the collar. No, we were talking about when did you did you that night take Donna home and no. Oh, no, how, how long after that did that? Oh, after the first meet. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. no the pissed Donna coming home, hang the phone up. Ah, you and about when we consummated the relationship. Oh, wow. Hey, there we go. <laughs> when did it become a relationship after that point? Okay, so. <laughs> so however you wanted to find that. <laughs> Brett's done that with a. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking, you know, you might have held hands or something before. Got a lipstick on the collar. Yeah. No, we actually went to the bathroom and broke the sink in the restaurant. That night. And it collapsed. And <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. But. <laughs> and they mentioned it was a seven. It was a, I was not. No. It did was, that happen no, that night? No, not that no, night. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus this, Christ. This, Give me some foreplay. He's, he's not coming where's out, the, where's, where's, romanticism, where's the romanticism gone? <laughs> February the 7th. Oh, here we go. 1996. That was actually my dad's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. So, yeah. Well, it's a tribute. <laughs> Off with a bang. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we um, – I got promoted and asked if I wanted to go and work in Australia. Of course you did. Yes. Hurrah. No, no, she, he, he wasn't in charge of promoting. Uh. Um, he just thought I was a nice guy. And so she's left, gone home. She's Her, left. You guys have had a little bit of a fling. Oh, we've been phoning every day. And You've left your partner? Yep. Okay, so that's all cleared up. Single She's man. moved back to Australia. You're communicating. There's still this kind of draw, this pull. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get a promotion. I get a promotion. And at Australia. the time, I'm sitting in a house with nothing, no furniture, nothing. Like a good single guy. Oh, well, because my Just ex, a guitar and a chair. My ex said to me, what do you want to keep? I said, oh, well, the microwave, I suppose. He said, oh, I need something to heat the bottles up. I said, well, take everything then. So she did. She took everything, left the front door open. So all my music equipment, keyboards, guitars, reel-to-reels, all my about 3,000 albums, all gone. Needless to say, she wasn't happy. No. no. So. Did she break them? No, no, I don't know because they weren't there. Oh, they were gone. Her. She left the no. She left the door open because oh, um, I wasn't I wasn't living there anymore. So then was that hard? Was I, it hard to leave? No, because I had nothing other than my daughter, who was like two hours drive away, and I thought, okay, no, you're saying was it hard to leave the ex? No, because. I've got someone accusing me of stuff I wasn't doing and then someone who's proving to me that, hold on, I wasn't a bastard. Fair call. So my mum actually said to me, Julian, you don't stay, don't stay in a relationship just for the child because sooner or later that child will know that there's no love there. Wow. And that's when I said, 
okay, fuck it, I might as well take this opportunity and go to Australia. Can I go back a long way? Yes. Why did your mum stay with your dad when there was another child? Because she had us. But why didn't she leave him just because do of you, the child? She, do you think that she loved your dad? Yeah. She did. Oh, yeah, big time. There you go. She knew, but there was no surprises. She and she knew was what religious he was doing. Too, wasn't she? Hmm? She was a religious. Woman. Yeah, but not. She wasn't. Oh, let's put a Jesus picture up and look at no, her. No, no. But day. is she like? Oh, I'll forgive. No, and move on. She actually changed from this timid, you know, let, oh, let's say foreigner, yeah. okay, to someone who had found bulls and realised that she didn't need him. She didn't need anyone. So that's why she knew what was happening. She didn't give a shit. As long as her kids were good, do you know what I mean? As long as we were all fed and clothed and whatever, she didn't care. Yeah, but do you think there was love in the relationship? Yeah, part, big time. Because they had yeah. more kids. Yeah. They still had, had lots of kids. No, but they still had this bond that you could never break. It was, okay, a classic example. So, Dad, there's myself. And my two brothers. All of us have got kids from different women. All of you have? Yeah. Wow. Does your sister? She's got no kids at all. Wow. But it's, yeah, all the boys have got kids from different women. Do you think this is um, a cultural archetype? Oh, I don't know. It depends on where Ashton goes after. No, it's interesting. Is it learnt behaviour? Or is it like a, is it a um, St. Lucia thing? I think it's a Caribbean thing. You do? Um, Caribbean slash West Indian case mm. black thing. Um, because... Well, you've raised the issue. You think it's a black thing? Well, because a lot have got other kids. Why? A lot. In, I don't know. I suppose because it was just... they The men, they did... What they wanted. Well, that's where I went to that idea of uh, archetype of masculinity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, men are men, this is what men do, as opposed to, you know, you, you have a wife, you have a girlfriend. I mean, I grew up knowing that that's how my father operated. And no one did your mum? Did my mom, No one else in my family knew. I just knew and rejected. And did that. you really know or you just thought? Like, did you actually know what you went, oh, yeah, he, that's obviously what he's doing? I, rem- I, I remember knowing. You do? I remember being um, six years old and my dad's gone to pick my mum up from work and I'm um, in the back of the car with my sister and dad's talking to some girl in the park, some lady in the park, and he's giving her back a gift that she's that he's given her, that she's given him, and she looks to the car and I can just see her heart breaking. Can you see her face? Yeah. And you can her, see what my, she looks my like. My sister was, she was older, four years, completely oblivious, but I'm seven, six, I think. And I just looked in her eyes and I go, yeah, that's, that's breaking her heart right now. Wow. <laughs> so you were a really spiritual kid then. You had I was just a gift. Clicked. Well, I don't know. I was just <laughs> sensitive. Anyway, the point is that you, you, it doesn't matter whether you align with that or try to reject that. That's part of your, part of your culture, isn't is it? Is it but, culture or is it DNA? Is it actually a, um, like, something, like a thing, like a DNA thing? I don't know. I don't think it's a, I think like, it's more like, culture than DNA. But you come from the West Indies where mm. men are men and, yeah. and, and, and women, women. I mean, he 
It was. But your mum grew balls afterwards, after she knew, and then got oh, tough. Well, what happened was, Dad had taken me out to the fun fair, okay, Battersea Park fun fair, and all of a sudden there's this woman, okay, and so, you know, she's buying me candy and all this stuff. How old are you? Oh, about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So she's getting me this stuff, and then I thought. So then we got home and Dad's on the way home, Dad said, now, you don't tell your mother anything about um, the woman, okay? I said, yeah, yeah, Dad. He said, otherwise I won't bring you back again. Okay, Dad. I said, yeah, I must have been about seven or eight. So we get indoors and we lived in a one, just one room. Mum's sitting on the bed. No, Dad's sitting on the bed taking his shoes off. Mum's giving me something to eat and I've gone, Mum. And she's come over to me and I said, the white woman bought me some toys. <laughs> <laughs> so she was white. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So the white woman bought me some toys. Next thing you know, so. Oh, fifth, oh, fifth. Uh, so, she, yeah, yeah, she got up. She ripped up wedding photos and oh. dad threw shoe at me. <laughs> so. So um, it was your fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I grasped him up. Did but, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think of doing that? So that's my step. That's what she had. Um, my stepbrother, that's my stepbrother's mum. Yeah, yeah. So your stepbrother's white or is he oh, dark? Look, you know, caramel. combination. Yeah. Caramel. There you go. And did he, like, did your dad see him all the time and stuff as a kid? Yeah, but not, you know. So he wasn't brought into your family as no. such. He was just sort of no. the bastard child over to the side. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that negatively. It's just yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. what they're called, aren't they? It's yeah. Interesting. So how did that impact on you? Did you grow up with not wanting to be that kind of person? Um, <laughs> nah. No. No, I was. Um, You're a player. Well, when I was a singer and I wasn't too bad looking and I used to go out a lot. So I was just lucky. Okay. <laughs> so your ex's assumptions that you might be. Oh, no, I wasn't. No, but you were a bit of a player. So her vulnerability was not grounded in nothing. Um, How would you meet your ex? No, no, because I never did anything. That no, you I, say yeah. you did never do anything, but how would you meet her? <laughs> um, I hadn't been out of England at all, okay, never went anywhere. And a uh, mate of mine, next-door neighbour, okay, we used to go, I used to help him at work and stuff like that. I was... 30 years old, and he said to me, he said, you've never been out of England. You've never been on a plane. I went, nah. I said, I've been on a ship oh, well, when I was six, 30. I said, nah. And he goes, oh, okay. Anyway, he, because um, we used to go and I used to go and help him work and help him out and stuff, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm thinking about something, and he bought me a ticket to Tenerife. I so was just about to say Tenerife. Yeah, we went to Tenerife. That's such a British thing to do. So Bali, Bali for Brits. Yeah, Bali for Brits. Went to Tenerife, had fun. Coming back in the departure lounge, waiting to fly back to the UK, as where I met her. Really? Yeah, and she said we were just chatting, and she said, "Oh, what'd you do?" And I said, "She goes, what'd you do?" I said, "Oh, I work in a hi-fi shop," and. Then she said, oh, what are your interests? And I'll sing. She goes, oh, can you sing? I said, yeah. So I started singing to her. And then There's a theme there, isn't there? 
and then I left. Yeah. Barry, and then I left. Very white. <laughs> yeah. Baby, I love you. <laughs> um, and then a couple of weeks after we returned, she rang me. Um, oh. We started going out. There you go. Is she white? Mm-hmm. And what did she do? What was her job? Oh. <laughs> no, like, where, where was she? Was she like a local London girl? She, oh, yeah, yeah. No, she lived in Clacton. She was admin, Did secretary I find type interesting person. is that the black women just expected their husbands to have affairs, whereas the white women accused the black men of having affairs. Wasn't it? That's really interesting because, like, uh, yeah. or is that a very bad assumption? Well, I think it's a it's, it's, it's a bit of a throw there. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, you know, your mum was not happy with your dad when she found out. No, but then they still stayed together. Yeah, but they they they, they worked through it. Been married for sixty years in June. Sixty years. Wow. It's married for sixty years in June, and basically in the same plot beside each other. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. So when did you move to Australia? Um, Or what made you get here? Got a promotion. promotion. The promotion and then you came and just went. And did you come straight away and hook up with Don's? Yeah. So you come out here to be with her? Mm. No, I came out here for the job and to be with her. (laughs) Yeah, but what I mean is you moved to the same town and that sort of stuff and you you weren't courting anymore, you were together. Mm. Courting, do you like Courting. That? That oh, oh, wonderful. But um, so then you come out here and so what year was that? 97. 1997. Mm. And then when did you get married? 2000. And when? In New Zealand. Why? <laughs> because that's where her folks were living. We oh, got married okay. on the farm. She's oh, Russell okay. Crowe. Although she's from New Zealand, we're claiming her as a No, no, she's actually born No, she's actually born in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Uh, So the Kiwis claim her. She's Russell Crowe. Collingwood. (laughs) She looks nothing like Russell (laughs) Crowe. No, she doesn't. In any of his movies, really. (laughs) (laughs) I can't leave that alone. So then you're like obviously lived happily ever after. You've got a couple of kiddies now. Mate, his daughter, the one that lives here, so his daughter to Donna is one of the best singers you'll ever hear. Second. After you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, she's got a voice of an angel. It's unbelievable. She's in does musical theatre and all that sort of stuff. Why why doesn't she have a crack at proper singing? Oh. Is, is there a reason? Proper. What do you mean? Well, I mean proper like actually Yeah, and you're gonna um, monetize the art form. Like, yeah. No, I mean like not the voice, maybe the voice, or Australia's Got Talent or something like that, like some, because that's the way people get in the industry now. But recording or doing that sort of stuff, because she's got an amazing voice. She auditioned for Kids, was it Kids Idol? What was the one? Oh, uh, Voice for Kids. The kids no, were the other one. It was, I think, they had Kids Idol or something like that. How long have you been working with microphones? Because it's been a very long time you don't talk into it very much. Oh, sorry, I'm not used to it. There we go. <laughs> See? I don't spend a lot of time. Can you hear the difference the now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So how long, how long, um, so why has she never sort of done that? Is that something that's not what she wants to do? It, it is, but she's just loves musical theatre. She just loves the performing arts. Yeah. And slowly she's getting into the realisation that she's good enough to actually stand her own. So she actually realises it? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So... It won't be too long before she actually does something. I want to get her into a studio. Bring her in here? Mm. Beautiful. I'll sing with her. 
bit of backup. Me and Chris can do backup <laughs> vocals. A bit of a anyway, moving on. And then your uh, your boys are a very good hockey player and state level hockey player. As yep. a young bloke. Where's he get his sporting prowess from? <laughs> Donna. <laughs> So, okay, put it this way. Samantha, my daughter here, and Charlotte in the my UK, um, both love performing arts, both love singing, both going to be teachers. Um, and, yeah, Ashton, Donna used to play hockey in New Zealand. Okay. Okay, not professionally, but she used to play. Yeah. And Samantha was playing hockey, you know, when they got to bring a friend? Yep. So she took Ashton. Ashton was only four years old and he just took to it. He's one of these kids you don't like at school because no matter what sport he tries, he's good at. He's good at yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I didn't like those yeah. kids at school. You know, I was the only black guy at school who couldn't play cricket. Um. <laughs> Pick him on the basketball team. Yeah, no, don't bother. <laughs> I was good at soccer. But oh, that's it. good. Yeah. You know, I, is that something that's in your blood? Do you get that from your parents? Is that like a... a uh, DNA thing, like that. Say I'm good at sport, and well, in this case, that he's good at singing, <laughs> she's good at sport. That your kids actually get that? Is that mum and dad love singing? Is it genealogy? No, that's the word. Genie. Well, what's the thing where you genetics? Genetics. That's the word. Oh, about. you know, there's traits that get passed through, and certain traits apply to certain disciplines. You know. And is that the same for everything? I don't know. It's just just a sort of standard question. Not a geneticist, mate. I can't really answer those questions, but uh, thanks very much. You can answer it, Brett. Why? Because I'm a geneticist. No, because you look at your kids, and then those moments where you go, "Shit, I do that." Oh yeah, I think that. Yeah. Well, I would have said that. Three of my kids have got enormous heads like me. (laughs) (laughs) They definitely get that off me. Whereas the other one's got a little. Well, it's just lucky we're drinking big head beer then, isn't it? Exactly, mate. Exactly. So, but. uh, So have you learned enough about him yet? Can I actually get back to the original question? Oh, mate, I, I think we've surpassed the original question. I think we've talked about our innate humanity. Innate humanity. And genet- gender mm, and got male, male, female relationships and how tricky it all is and how we do that dance. But then sometimes across a smoky, ill-lit room, we look into someone's eyes and find that person that's just right, just like a, a third beer. Oh, <laughs> bang! How good was that? Yeah. Mate, you're, you're on fire. I think we should do these podcasts later I'm, in the day. I'm a poet and... You and didn't know it. That, you did know it. That has nothing to do with my father. He's not a poet. <laughs> no, no, that that well, wasn't genetic. My mum is, actually. So is she really? Oh, okay. <laughs> so the world's changing. Where we are, where we are. This is COVID days. Do you reckon it's going to go away? Do you reckon there will be a vaccine? I think so, yes. My bets are that we will. So I don't think the world economy can really recover and go back to the way the world was until there is. So I think there's a very interesting space we're in. What about the Spanish flu? Isn't that the same thing? Isn't well, we, that got, we got herd immunity and it went through the system and killed about 20 million people. So Oh, no, I get you know, that. So that's not but it just went away, didn't it? After it killed everyone that was vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, and there was so, a certain immunity that built up. And is that what it was? We're trying to hold it off long enough so that we can probably maybe cack the code. But you're right, it mightn't take 18 months. At best case scenario, it's this time next year that that, that we start getting vaccinated. Because are you really, look, honestly, yeah. you're on a conspiracy 
theorist, right? Oh, I just oh. listen to lots of different shit. Are you going to travel to somewhere like India or Africa or anytime soon until there's a vaccine? I mean, this is going to run through the States. It's yes, going to run through answer. Europe. You are confident that you would go overseas? Not right now. No, no, no but I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait for a vaccine to travel. You're not going to? No. No. I can say that We're I sit here and I go that Australia's done really, really well. You ain't going to drink a beer without having me sanitizer. Really, really, really <laughs> lucky. No, but, I mean, I don't think international travel is a good idea at the present Is it moment. luck? Is Australia lucky or is it the fact that we don't live on top of each other? We actually live in a where there's only 25 oh, million there's people, many, there's many more facets. space and all that sort of stuff. Whereas places like New York City and London and all those sort of places, everyone lives on top of each other, everyone's really close to the community transmission. I'm not saying there's not a virus. There is 100% of us. I, th- I think uh, Punters is implying that. <laughs> no, what I'm implying is the fact that where you go in the world, they're different, right? And the fact that we don't live on top of each other, hence why the spread didn't go as far. The fact that we close borders yeah, that's sooner not the rather case. than later. In concentrated spaces like Sydney and Melbourne, where no one are not unlike any one of the major cities. We, had we just did really we did really good tracing. Um, it was we did caught, we? I think we did. Well, we did. So the Crossroads Hotel, which is where the last outbreak yep. was, yeah. They've been able to only physically trace due to the fact that they, they um, one bloke knew the other bloke and knew the other bloke. All this tracing shit they put in, they never got one trace out of it. They got names, they got numbers, they did good advertisement. That's <coughs> part of what they're doing. They've, they've, they've really stopped the cluster. But Melbourne, the cluster's exploded because some guy apparently was... Wasn't sh- it? The security guard was shagging one of the uh, no, there's always, patients and then went to 7 Eleven. There's always gaps in the system. <laughs> like, he As up, you do. He wanted a slurpee. No, no. He wanted smokes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing is that during this whole time, it's it's ruined the economy. It's ruined a lot of people's lives, as oh, we mentioned, just, I think, last it's time. It's destroyed the world economy. Uh, but, but even the fact, like, of suicides but and what's all the, those What's sort of the stuff. alternative? What do you mean, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? Sweden. Just let it go. Sweden did. Mm-hmm. Well, was it Sweden or Switzerland? One of them. One of them let it go. What's their death rate? In comparison to what? In comparison to us. What's different community, different country? Well, no, but we're comparing how, how what their, their percentage of I don't are. know the numbers. See, I mean, that's where London's, that's where England started. They started with we were just going to let this thing run, yeah. its course, and it kind of overwhelmed the health system. We're, but we're, that's all we were intending to do to begin with, just to make sure our health system could cope. And then we got such a good hole on it that we actually started to repress mm. it out of the system. We were proactive. And yeah, then, 100%. Uh, and I don't disagree with any of that. And then yeah. it took off again. So we're, we're at a point now where we might be a, a, a community without the body which for the world economy will put us in a disadvantage because 5, 10 years, 12, 18 months, if we don't have a vaccine, then are we really going to let this thing fly? Well, that's the thing. When do they make they, back to the original questions, make the decision to open everything? Well, maybe maybe the free world economy is dead. China, trade wars, maybe this is the, the, the end of that experiment, you know? What experiment? Experiment of free trade and no tariffs and bringing milk overseas and doing our milk milk farmers. Was that out an experiment? 
I was. I was it a takeover? I think there's a bit of a shift now. It's going, okay, maybe we need some closures. Maybe we need some borders. So do you think we could build back an economy where we where we can do everything ourselves again there? Or have we gone too I far? I don't think you can go that far. No. But but I think you can you can have definite stronger borders until, oh, until there's a vaccine. Once there's a vaccine, then the world can go back to the same. But does that solve everything? It always was. Like I can't have vaccines. Why not? Because I'm allergic to all antibiotics. I'm allergic to anything that they're putting that vaccine. Well, then you should be fucking using hand sanitizer. I did. <laughs> did you not watch? I followed you. I felt dirty. <laughs> but at the same time, there's, Fuck lo- me. <laughs> there's lots of people like <laughs> me, right? Well, there is. But the thing is... And you guys... We're going to go live on an island. Oh, let's go to Australia. That's beautiful. No, but the thing there is that uh, that, that's a really interesting statement that you're not going to travel anywhere unless there's a vaccine. I I wouldn't be recommending it. No, but uh, you personally. I think I'll think long enough. I mean, I, I, I've been wanting Like, to I wouldn't go to the States I, now. I've been wanting to go to India for a long time. But, yeah. I mean, that, that's a space where this virus will get into and be very hard to get out. States... Italy. Will you be going to Italy anytime soon? It's about these places that, that, that have the virus within their community. But hasn't Europe opened all its borders back up? Because everyone's got the virus. Got because That's because herd it's spread across. Well, it's the herd. <laughs> They've taken some hits and now they they can work with other countries that are in a similar position. Australia is going to be limited because we've handled we've the virus. New Zealand, off. that's pretty much it. Would you go on a cruise? 100%. I'd go tomorrow. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it'd be the cleanest place on the planet. Would you go on a cruise? Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Good. I wouldn't go on that people. ship. I'm not shaking you guys. I'm not shaking your hands. We're hugging Ever when again. we leave. That's it. We're man. hugging when We're we leave. We're done. Any physical contact with you guys. <laughs> so are you, do you believe that isolation is should be continued? I believe we're in a very interesting transition. Yeah. And I don't think there's a, a black or white answer to that. But at the moment, I don't think it was a good idea for a, a Queensland to open their borders to 250 holidays. I think it's likely that the virus is spread around and we're going to have little pockets burst open. And we're Similar to New South Wales. We're going to be on a shutdown sooner or later if we keep that mentality. We've got to, you know, work towards limiting and containing for as long as we possibly can. Yeah, people need to be reminded that it's it's still out there. Yeah, and I get slack too. I mean, I could say no to shaking hands. So those, you get elbow touch. We're, Fuck, we're, I hate an elbow we're touch. We're being very comfortable because Queensland's done really, really well. Yeah. But that wellness that we've had is likely to be shaken over the next couple of weeks. I'll be very interested to see how it plays out. So I'm supposed to go to Sydney next week. Wow. I'm not going to Sydney next week. Oh, well, let's see. There Do you, you know go. why, though? I'll tell you why. I don't know. Not because of me catching the virus. But the fact that if it breaks out somewhere down there near where I am and then I've got to go into quarantine for 14 days, that's the only reason I'm not going to Sydney. I'm not concerned about getting the virus. No. Like You wouldn't be concerned... I'd be concerned... ...of giving it to your kids or your or your partner. That's not what I said. No, I know. But I, I, I know you say, I don't care that I'd get the virus, but I think that you'd make decisions based on... I'm, I'm making more decisions on the fact that I'm going to be away from 14 days from my family. Yeah, yeah. That's more of a concern to me than the actual virus itself. Of course. And the idea that you could but the, pass it on to your family members is also... Yeah, but my family, I, I honestly believe my family members... Because I think that's a little bit of bullshit masculinity. What do you mean? Tell you. Oh, I'm not worried. I'll be right. But <laughs> I don't want my missus and my kids to get it. <laughs> didn't say that. I, I, I don't, no, I don't no, pass it on. No, no, didn't say that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to give mum a cuddle because she could fucking cark it in three weeks. Well, so old people agree 100% shouldn't go anywhere well, near it. 
According to your immune and inability to take antibiotics, oh. you're part of that dynamic, mate. <laughs> you are an old person. That is fucked if you oh. get it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the way you actually put that, though. I'll pay that. That was okay. very cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Go. The 30... I think we're nearly at time, mate. No, we're not. In fact, I want to bring one more topic up. All this isolation and all this shit, right, and then there's these 30,000 fuckers that get together in one big Black Lives Matters protest, right? My concern is not from the fact that you had 30,000 people in the same place. It's the fact that there's rules for one and not rules for the other, right? The other thing that's pissing me off is, and I'm going to go on a rant now, is the fact that if you don't fill out your border protection or border crossing thing right, you can go to jail for six months, Hmm. A friend of mine's kid got stabbed to death in Surface Paradise and the bloke's out on parole. So they're going to put fuckers that come across the border and don't fill a form out right in jail for six months, but a bloke that stabs someone then gets out on parole. They don't let people go and see their families. Hang on, let me finish. They don't let businesses open. They kill all these small businesses and they let 30,000 people get together for a rally. Where's the equality? Yeah, I don't agree in the protesting. I was going to walk into Kmart and just grab a TV, say, I'm writing, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it it is. That's how stupid it is. It is. I think Uh, all these restrictions and then they turn around and say, but, oh, hold on, for a cause. Yeah, but for one person it's different to another person. It shouldn't be. I don't get that. No. Go on, you're going to have a crack. You try to interlude, go. I think it was a very interesting coincidence that this event and rallied, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement occurred in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So do I. I think it's a, it's an unfortunate event. And I think probably some of that protesting probably wasn't helpful for the virus, especially in the States. Was it part of they possibly, wanting to spread it more? Possibly even in Australia. But the fact is, no matter, it was a horrible thing that occurred overseas. Oh, of course. And I'm, and yeah. I'm not well, saying that at all. When, when is enough enough? And uh, that, that applies to Australia too and would apply in England as well. Um, you know, there's some deep, deep ingrained racial issues that we need to deal with and um, it's happened in the middle of a pandemic. So Why, why did I have to stand on the end of my driveway on Anzac Day and say thank you to the diggers? Why couldn't the protest be people walking out standing in their driveway and protesting? Yeah, well, they're different issues, me. They're different issues. I, d- I just there's rules for one and not rules for other, people, people, and that's the bit that pisses me off. For who make makes choices. the rules? They exactly. And you know, protesters in Australia were fairly limited, and then they were stopped fairly quickly. The states. And then there's a pandemic down down in Victoria. Was that caused I mean, by it? People like you and Trump, who were saying open up the economy, <laughs> didn't have a problem with the protest. Well, hold on, stop you know, the protest. Yeah, I want yeah, to have yeah, a photo yeah, with the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, let, let's. <laughs> So it's interesting, you know. I don't think you can have it both ways, mate. The economy has to take a hit. The yeah. government's taking a hit. We're going to be paying for this. Let's not oh, kid ourselves. Oh, we're not. Our, our kids, kids are going to be paying for this. For the rest of their lives. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's the alternative? Is there one? I don't, I don't know. When we're arguing that this should happen or that should happen, you have to look at what the alternative is. And the alternative is that our medical system gets overrun and we lots of thousands of thousands of people lose their lives. 
So and I don't know. I don't know if those billions of dollars, billions, trillions of dollars that we're spending on this. Um, and I, but the herd mentality hasn't worked. London, England shit themselves once yeah, they within realized a week. when then this thing got out of control. <laughs> yeah. States tried to let it go too. They're still fucked, open and closing. Mm. I think that we should have localized economies that are open without the virus. I agree. So I think that Melbourne should get back to a space where we've limited the virus and they can open their economy again. We should Australia should be working towards opening borders, but that's going to be a very tricky space. So Queensland should be looking after its own space at the moment, not letting 250,000 travellers come up here and possibly bring us back to a shutdown. But does that 250,000 assist the economy? Well, of course it does. That's why we've done it. But yeah. we've, we've taken a risk and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. And what's your theory on that? Do you think it is going to be an issue? I think when you see how quickly it moves from Mel- uh, you know, Melbourne and Victoria to Sydney... And we've got people trying to crack that border and 250,000 people coming across. I think it's likely the virus has slipped through again. But you won't know. You'll find out in the next couple of weeks. But also at the same time, it's like the amount of people they've tested in Victoria, therefore the virus has increased because people have got it and don't even know. So if they tested the same amount of people in Queensland, do you think that that number would be well? We're still more testing. We're still testing anyone that has symptoms. Hmm. Yeah, but there's all these people without symptoms. Yep, that's right. And that's why it's an incredibly difficult thing to manage and control. I, I don't have the answers. I just think Australia has positioned themselves quite well and we've dropped the ball. We can pick it up again. But we taking on, uh, you know, England and America's example is just not the way we can move forward. Trump's still, while they're having complete shutdown, you've got 60,000 people a day getting it saying let's open up the economy. It's just bizarre thinking. But... <laughs> No, there is a but, right? But he also says that out of the 99% of people that have been tested and 99% that have got it out of that 1%, right, then only 1% of them have died. That's his philosophy on things, not mine. Just saying words that have come out of the... Or probably a tweet. I'd actually listen to you more than I would of anything that came out of his mouth. Greatest president ever lived. He's a puppet. To whom? <laughs> to the people at the he, background saying, say moron. this and don't say that. He's a stooge. Yeah. I feel like I don't disagree with any of this. I don't even know. I feel having Sharon to be with you now. <laughs> I just said I don't disagree with everything you're saying. I'm just saying if you look at facts, what's happened, how many laws have been passed, the guy's a dickhead. We all know that, 100%. But at the same time. If you ask him, he'll tell you he's the best president that ever lived. Yeah, but and going back, going back Brett to thinks testing, he's a rather good-looking guy. Oh, so yeah, we'll, that's we'll, true. We'll let the uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let it fall where it is. Eh? Our survey says. Um, <laughs> but when you think about it, I can test you now, and you're clear. But it doesn't mean that you actually have it within the next few days. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. You know, so you know they'll let people walk in and say, "Oh no, you're okay. You can cross." That in itself is a risk. Yeah. yeah. And even with the barriers we've got in place, we're still taking a risk. And with the barriers, they said, look, we can't catch everyone. No. And and that's, why, that's why they're not working towards eradication. Mm. There's always going to be some level of it. But can we contain it? Can we manage it? We're hoping for that silver vaccine bullet. Who the hell knows? There's some good stuff going on at Queensland Uni at the moment. 18 months is the earliest. So that's this time next what year. What about when COVID-21 hits? Oh, it's a good 100 years between pandemics, let's hope. Well, mate, it's a COVID virus. I don't so. know. That's a bit of a 
half half glasses half empty view there, Brady. No, no, you're it's a not. positive optimist. Mate, this COVID, you're going to get over this. The economy's going to cover. You're going to make a million. Well, no, bucks. we're all fucked. Actually, a lot of people are, but at the same time. The, I thought I is, thought you were telling me last week are you doing all right your business is going okay okay right mate but the thing is because we're getting on with life that's why okay but you're not going to Sydney I'm not going to Sydney no it's because I won't be able to get on with life because I'll be locked up in a fucking hotel room and you might die I won't die <laughs> same reason I won't go to the UK now I've, I need to go over to see my brothers and my sister mm. but. You know, who the hell wants to go over there, spend two weeks in quarantine? Each side. Yeah, Each exactly. side. You know, that's that's a month I can do better things with. So I'll wait till Touchwood things do calm down and I can actually Hey, go mate, I'm there. fascinated, more fascinated with your love story than the virus <laughs> uh, and, and how it relates to the, the Black Lives Matter and, you know, your view on that. But I, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Oh, 100%. Will you come back and visit us again? <laughs> yes, I will. And and just with the Black Lives Matter and my relationship and everything else, um, we were sent to South Africa. Okay, this was, oh, God, mm, 18 years ago. Sent to South Africa? Yeah, for, through work. Oh, okay. So myself and Donna. Okay, yeah. Okay, you're going to <laughs> South Africa. Let's talk, let's talk about Black, Black yeah. Lives Matter. We were sent to South Africa. So, <laughs> Come on. So, yeah, so I was there and I said to Donna, okay, when we get off the plane, we'll walk separately yeah. because I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, and that's... Did that scare you? Well, yeah. And the other thing was that I I remember ringing Dad and he said, oh, where are you now? Because I was in Hong Kong previously. I said, I'm in South Africa. And he went, you're in fucking where? Yeah. <laughs> and it was an eye-opener for me um, seeing how people lived and... Some of the things that people got up to, it's, it was really scary. And I walked into a pub in Cape Town and back then my accent wasn't as screwed up as it is with New Zealand and Australia. And I said, excuse me, can I have a, a pint of lager, please, and a Bacardi and Coke? And the girl behind the bar, because I was wearing a suit, she must have thought I was a politician. Hurry up, get the man a drink. You sit down, sir. I will <laughs> really? help you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and but there I was with my white um, wife, wife, yeah, or fiance at the bank then. Wow, but um, and the best friend I had over there was a uh, uh, white South African. You know, it was strange going into a building and they say, you know, here they say, Have you got any phones? Well, I'm gonna be really it's controversial. Like, leave right your now. guns. Have you got any guns on you? Sure, right now, Brett. How controversial? You know, about as controversial as I can be. <laughs> We've had the Matrix. Well, have you heard a poem? Uh, do you feel like, you, well, what the term is is a coconut? No. Do you still feel black? Oh, there's. You've got a white wife. Hang on. What's best a best coconut mean? Black on the inside, black on the outside, white on the inside. Okay, yeah. Okay. Grew, grew up in England, lots of white, you know, you've. Um, because you, you hang out with Indigenous people in Australia, it's quite interesting. But they'll they will they will speak in a white space a little bit different to how they'll speak with their Murray brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, they, they slip in and out of it. And it's, like for me, you're talking to I used to do a lot of boxing and you hang out with these blokes and they'd be yeah, it'd be all. And then their mob would come around and it's like wow, you're a, you're. A it's no different yeah. in the UK. No, it always used to yeah. fascinate me. It's like wow, okay, something no, I'm not a part of. But. It's actually there's a lot of that happens. 
wherever. Even in the like UK, that, does that, that happen that now in your world in Australia? No, in Australia, I, I don't know. But um, there's Aborigines and there's me. To me, we're a different type of black. Oh, okay. um, different culture. Different culture. But do you have a black things. culture here? That's my question. No, I'm just me. Dad, Dad had one thing that he said a lot was when in Rome. So yes. he was watching the news and a woman was taking the council to court because she couldn't build a hut in her backyard. And Dad said, what the fuck do you want a hut in the backyard for? You're in England. If you want a hut, go to where they build huts to live in. So do you feel like Brett, you've known each other a long time, knows the black you? Yeah. Because I'm not... Um, okay, another thing. My daughter in in the UK, I took her to kindy and she came out, she was crying and I said, what's wrong? She said, oh, the lady told me off. And I said, well, four. She said, oh, um, Baba black sheep, I've got to sing Baba woolly sheep. And I went off my nut because I said to her, I said, listen, I was brought up with Baba black sheep. I said, there is not an issue until you make it an issue. I said, this politically correct crap is what causes most of the problems. Why should I have to think twice? Why should you or Brett have to think, oh, I better not mention the black thing? I don't. You know, I know. But, <laughs> you know, the thing is... We have a very good relationship that way. Yeah, but, um, but also it's one of the reasons why if I go into a space where nobody knows me, I usually will be the first to make a black joke so people can relax and know that... I am me. See, that's, that's, what the, that's what the black life, the black Black Lives Matter, are talking about. That there's this different role you need to play according to context. And people that are successful often have uh, the ability to blend in and be white. Hmm. That's what. That's what. They're but is that what on. it is? You're actually so during that you're blending in to be white. I'd even go no. as, as a psychologist here. I'd I'd go as far to say that you don't know. His black world, and if we had a part, oh, if I, we're in London, and we I'd had agree. Your, your, you know, no, I don't. I'm, I'm uh, again, this is no, white. The reason I say that is because there's people I went to college with and to school with, and they'd be chatting to me, and they'd be talking, speaking one way, and then they'd see their friend. They say, "Yeah, mom, what's happened?" And I thought, "What? Hold on," because I used to get in trouble because I sounded. They used to say, "Oh, you sound white." Mm-hmm. Because dad never spoke, dad never had the, you know, yama, what's that? He never spoke that way. In St. Lucia, they speak Patwa. Yeah. In St. Lucia, they speak Patwa, broken French. And mum and dad made sure they tried as much as they could not to actually speak Patwa. See, and this is what we're talking about, especially with the indigenous people and the, yeah. the forgotten languages, is that's why. Mm. Because if you want to be successful, we need to sculpt you in a particular way. So is that what the Black Lives Matters protests are about? It's part of the... the I think it's more enough in is enough is enough. Of what? Of, you know, the stupidity of having where you've got this policeman, this cop doing what he was doing, knowing that he was being filmed, but he just didn't even think. You know, I'd have more respect for him if he thought, oh, shit, turn the camera off. But he just carried on. So... But is it about that or was that the... So is that whole thing about the actual incident or was that just the thing that 
allowed it to be kicked off again? I think it was um, an escalation of things that have happened and what what it does is one thing happens that reminds you of something else because I'm very much all lives matter. Yeah, me too. I'm very much, you know, so if you're going to protest over this person, you should really be protesting over this person. Don't make it a black thing or a white thing and it's still going back to this politically correct crap. Yeah. You know, as I said, no, it, it annoys me. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, whatever. I, the Michael separation Jackson is there. That. Yeah. But Michael it does. It causes, more, what it, was. No, it causes more of a problem when you have to say, well, hold on, oh, no, you shouldn't say that, you know, because you may offend. You know, you've got to think about the more that we actually just be ourselves, the better it's going to be. I reckon that's a lovely note to finish today. Be yourself. Be you. Enjoy a third beer. You wear my bread. <laughs> Love your work. Let's do it, hey? Jules, thanks so much, buddy, for coming in. The th way we always finish our podcast is by revisiting the beer <laughs> and seeing it's a picture in your head of where you'd be when you actually drink that beer. But before we do that, I'm just going to sanitize. <laughs> sanitize. <laughs> squirt, squirt. <laughs> There we go. Hold on, I'm squirting. I as bet well. you everyone does now. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. Have a squirt. Isn't Chris? it funny that one, one person sanitizes and everyone, oh, fuck. I touched him, I better sanitize too. I, I don't feel a need to sanitize right now. Okay. I haven't shaken anybody's hand. I'm Tell me the story one. then. Okay, how are we going here? Um, well, it's a tricky one today. Yeah. You're never usually stuck for words. I'm never usually stuck for words, but, uh, you know, I, I like to think that this beer exists in this space with you guys. I think it's been a fascinating conversation. That we've travelled a long way about love, about relationships, about culture, about how we change and shift to meet other people's needs. So today I'm just perfectly present, uh, present with the Burley Big Head Beer. Need a sponsor, come on board. Um, it's been a fascinating conversation, mate. Thank you for your time. It's been great to be here. What's Thank your you. vision, Thanks Jules? You've got to come and tell us what you're thinking. Let's say for me, at the moment, I'm due to the brand, I'm actually thinking of how large my children's heads are because of your comment earlier. But other than that, I'm a mate, I love this beer. It, it makes me feel like I can go to the gym after I've drunk it because there's zero carbs. That's good for you. And it's actually got protein. So we have 20 of these, equivalent of a protein shake. If you go in the gym, make sure you take the hand sterilizer. Oh, well, yeah, for the bags <laughs> and the gloves. I've got me sanitizer in my pocket. <laughs> I, want to, I want to see that lycra washed a couple of times. So where's your vision, buddy? Um, my vision is that seeing the name Burley, that it reminds me that everything happens for a reason. My son used to pay for Labrador, and because they said they were going to not let him play upper level, he moved to the Burley team, and he is not kicking goals, but he's doing really, kicking really goals. well. And also, the other thing is that beer is so much better when it's shared. It is shared, that was not shared. Yeah, yeah. That's the Kiwi coming out in here. look. <laughs> okay, brother, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for touching on topics people don't normally talk about. And as Thank for you, you. This is the chattiest you've ever been in a podcast, and I fucking love it. Peace and love. Thanks, brother. See, See you, boys and girls. <laughs>